Today's episode is all about finding your life's purpose. No small feat. But our guest today, Tim Tamashiro, speaks about a principle called Ikigai that helps you to discern what your life purpose is. And he talks about his experience at 51, taking a gap year, and how that helped him to find his own Ikigai. to the Gap Year Podcast, where we explore the who, what, where, when, and why of gap years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. everyone. I am beyond excited. I know I say I'm excited a lot, but I am beyond excited today for our guest to share his story and not only his story, but all of the things he learned on his journey about something called Ikigai. And I'm saying that with a smile because you have to say it with a smile. So I am so pleased to welcome Tim Tamashiro to the show today. So Tim, thanks for joining us. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I'm excited about this whole gap year ex- explosion that we're going to be a part of, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's growing exponentially. And I'm, I'm just so excited to be able to record these conversations because everywhere I go, I speak to people who either have been on a gap year or who understand the value of it. And we have such fruitful conversations. And now through the, the beauty of technology, I can record and share those conversations. So yeah, that's great. It's really wonderful. Thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me as part of your show. Yeah, welcome. So why don't you give us a little bit of background? We met at a conference uh, about a month back in in yeah. Ottawa, yeah. and um, I was so inspired by your, your speech from the stage. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of background on, on who you are and, and what, your, what your core message is all about? Sure. So I'm Tim Tamashiro, and uh, I've been a, a jazz singer uh, for 35 years of my life. But uh, aside from that, I'm fairly well known. I think I am. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> I know uh, you. From, so that's all that matters. Yeah. From uh, the 10 and a half years that I spent on CBC Radio, I was uh, the host of a program called Tonic on CBC Radio too. So we had six nights a week of jazz. And uh, it was it was such a, a rewarding career. It was just such an amazing experience. Uh, to you know, have the ears of Canadians uh, six nights a week for two hours at a time, and it was you know probably one of my most cherished experiences of my entire life. Uh, but there came a time when you know I was coming up to the end of my tenth year, and I said to my wife, I said, "I've done this for ten years," and uh, you know at the time I was just fifty-one years old. I, I decided you know what, what else is there in this life that a person can go and learn and be rewarded from? And so I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to not re-sign with CBC. I'm going to go into the world and, and take a, a gap year, something I called an icky gap year. And, uh, and I literally just went exploring and it was absolutely the most amazing experience of my life. I'll tell you all about it here in a second. 
I, I think that's amazing that you were able to step away from something that was comfortable for you and, and take that risk and, and get out there and do something different because that's what students are, are doing when they're stepping away from education. And uh, a lot of parents and, and adults are looking for what, what we're calling career breaks or these adult gap years. Yeah. So it's really great to hear that that was something that you did and, and you found immense value in in, in taking a little bit of an unconventional step away from something familiar and comfortable and mm-hmm. predictable and, and, and launching yourself into something completely different. That um, comfort, uh, comfort can be a, a double-edged sword, you know. It's a, certainly we do want safety and security in our life as far as finances and all that kind of stuff, but we also tend to have a, a an ability to sabotage ourselves with the with with comfort as well. So I I really love the feeling of a little bit of discomfort because it it really does propel uh, me forward in just you know finding new things to explore. It's really uh, it's really a, a fascinating headspace to be in, but but it's not easy for everybody to get there. When you're in your comfort zone, you aren't growing and changing as a person at the same rate that you could be. If you just push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit into into a challenge zone. And I think it's a real skill to be able to identify when you are just sitting in that comfort zone. And then how do you push yourself a little bit into that challenge zone? You don't want to push yourself into your panic zone because that's equally unproductive and unhealthy for you. But how do you find that sweet spot, which which is your challenge zone? It's not a black and white choice though, right? It's, a, it's, it's to be able to, uh, so many people, well, it's just, it's just brains and psychology and just the way that our brains operate. It's not anything that we're flawed with. It's just the way that human beings work is that we do get scared when we think about change. And, uh, but change is good. And like you said, you know, being in a, uh, taking yourself out of the comfort zone and uh, pushing a little bit into your discomfort zone, that's, uh, that can be really, really rewarding. Yeah, I love it. So, so tell me a little bit more about your gap year, though, about getting out of your comfort zone, um, and and what did that look like and feel like for you? Well, for for me, it was exhilarating because I made the choice for that particular reason. You know, there, there's something that happens in in our uh, life, lots of the times where we just haven't taken the opportunity to fully go out there and to explore the world. And uh, that's what I really wanted to do through my uh, icky gap year. That I, I call it icky gap because it has, has a bit of an icky guy kind of a, a, a <laughs> feel about it. But that's what, it, what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out and to uh, take the first of, of what I call the three missing steps of icky guy. Should I describe what Ikigai is first? Maybe I so? was just going to interject and say we've thrown this word uh, around a couple times because we're, we're both on the inside. But let's bring the listeners into the folds of what Ikigai is all about. Sure. So Ikigai is a, is a philosophy that comes from Okinawa, Japan. Uh, and that is the place where my grandparents were born, actually, on my dad's side. And uh, I've always had a sense of something. I didn't really know that it was Ikigai. But I'll tell you what Ikigai is. Basically, Ikigai is the reason why you get out of bed in the morning. And, but it's a very, very clear answer. Uh, for me, it's to delight. 
people. I love to entertain and to delight people and to have meaningful conversations and, and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but Ikigai really boils down to uh, four steps that we can take on a regular basis every day. You do what you love, you do what you're good at, you do what the world needs, and you do what you can be rewarded for. Those four seemingly very simple directions are incredibly difficult because we haven't taken the three hidden steps of Ikigai beforehand. And that is to explore, zero in, and ponder what your Ikigai is, what your magic is, what your natural gifts are, what you do that is rewarding for yourself and to others. It's a very, very specific uh, uh, thought process is that your gifts benefit the world. It's like throwing a boomerang out there. Every time you throw your gifts out into the world, those gifts come back to you in, in the form of thanks. And sometimes they pay bills. <laughs> when you're when Sometimes. you're really when you're really lucky and and you you found your right niche for sure. Yeah, I, for sure. And I love those three hidden steps and and we'll come back to the 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 other four in a second, but those three hidden steps are the essence of what a gap year is 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 taking time to explore, taking time to be reflective and mm -hmm. then really honing in on the things that are of interest to you and letting go of the things that aren't. Um and and that's the beauty because sometimes in society we're we're being pushed to go so fast or we are being we are catering to other people's expectations of ourselves yes. that, that we, we don't listen to these three things. We don't take the time for these three things. So to mm -hmm. slow down in, in a gap year and to explore and to ponder and to zero in, what a great foundation for whatever the next steps are. Well, we have a tendency in society to, uh, to push students especially into saying, okay, well, you've done all your hard work for 12 or 13 years now uh and you've you've followed all the rules and you've done what all the adults have told you for all that length of time and now that you're 17 or 18 and you ha you've reached the uh, the achievements that we said that you had to do uh then now choose and follow through on something that's meaningful in your life and that's impossible to do without exploration and zeroing in and pondering what that is to you that is the essence of uh that gap year and that is the essence of a future foundation for well-being and happiness in your life. I love that you you attach this to happiness and well-being because there is so much going on around in the news and in the statistics coming out around mental and emotional well-being or, or lack thereof. And, and so much of that in, in the folks that I talk to and what I see is related to people being misaligned with who they are meant to be or who they, who they are on the inside. And, yes. and so I really, I really, really really connect with these steps mm -hmm. that's great well I, I, and I would uh, love to uh, explain a little bit more I would can I tell um, maybe just set up a little example of what I did in my gap year I would love that okay so my gap year was literally something that number one I saved up for <laughs> mm -hmm. that's that's important 
because financial security is definitely something that we have to take care of. We all have bills to pay, et cetera, et cetera. So saved up for it, worked uh, with my wife on what that, what this gap year was going to look like, had very, very frank, good, meaningful conversations with her so that we could uh, maybe, uh, you know, just make it align so that it wasn't going to be something that she had to suffer for. Uh, but in my gap year, basically all I said was, I want to scratch every itch that I've ever had. And that includes any itch that just even just pops up. So I really just wanted to go and just see where the universe took me. Now that might seem kind of, you know, fluffy, but it's, it's really a, a way of just free. It was a way of freeing myself to be able to say, what can the world provide for me? So one of the first things that uh, happened for me was that uh, I was asked to do an event uh, with Ian Tyson, who was, you know, one of our, our, our singer and songwriter poet laureates of the country. And they asked me if, uh, if I would uh, host this event on the very, very first day that after I was done at CBC with Ian Tyson. It was Canada Day 2017. It was the 150th uh, celebration of uh, Confederation. And uh, they had asked uh, the city and and uh, another organization asked Ian Tyson to come and to sing Four Strong Winds with as many people, this was just a song that he wrote, by the way. Uh, we invited all Calgarians to bring their guitars and ukuleles and mandolins and violins or banjos or whatever, come down and sing Four Strong Winds with Ian Tyson. So I hosted that event and it was an absolutely magical event. So that was the kickoff of uh, of my first uh, day of my gap year. Uh, after that, it was all about just saying, just paying attention to what presented itself to me. I saw that there was a, a full eclipse that would be uh, in totality uh, just south of Portland, Oregon. And we just happened to have friends in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and I uh, reached out to them and I said, can we come down and take in this eclipse with you? And they said, sure, come on down. So that's what we did, uh, took in the, the the, the sights and sounds and sensations and different temperatures and smells of a full eclipse. And that is an absolutely mystical experience for anybody to, to, uh, to take part in. Did you know, uh, Michelle, that when you're in a full eclipse, as soon as it goes into to, to totality, all the birds stop singing. Wow. You don't, you don't hear anything. It just goes completely silent. And when you look around you, it looks like 360 degrees of daylight. It's absolutely an astounding experience. So that was uh, experience one and two. The, the next experience was, uh, was exceptionally cool because I found out that there was a, uh, uh, an expedition called the Canada C3 Expedition, which was a celebration of 150th year of uh, Confederation but it was an icebreaker journey that would travel around all three of Canada's coasts on a 150 day journey. And there were 15 legs that they were inviting Canadians to be a part of. So I applied to be a part of one of these legs and, uh, and I didn't get in, but I just kept emailing them saying, I'm available. If there's a spot, I'm available. <laughs> if there's a spot. And, uh, wouldn't you know, uh, out of the blue, I got a phone call from the organizer say we had a spot that's opened up on leg 11. We'd like to invite you to, to come with us and, and to uh, literally go across the Northwest Passage on an icebreaker on Canada's North Coast. And uh, so I went and did that and it was absolutely an astounding uh, experience. Uh, after that, 
uh, my wife and I, uh, as long as, it were, as well as our children, we were invited to go and to build houses in the Dominican Republic uh, for, uh, for, to give to people uh, through a foundation that some friends of ours uh, operate. So uh, we'd lined up to do that, but unfortunately there was a uh, hurricane on the way. And uh, so we had to cancel that, but we had two weeks booked for our children, together with our children, which hardly ever happens because they're a little bit older. So we said, well, let's go and do something. So we booked trips to Japan. <laughs> we went to Japan and hung out there for a couple of weeks while we were there. We went to Okinawa, uh, where my grandparents were born and uh, went to this tiny, tiny little, impossible little island that they were born on and uh, put our toes into the sand there. And that was, that was really an important uh, connection touchstone to kind of have this ikigai journey of mine uh, kind of come to full fruition. Uh, it wasn't long after that that I realized that my ikigai ultimately is to delight. And my favorite part about, about being with, uh, with uh, Ian Tyson is just talking to the guy and to just delight him, do everything I can to entertain him and to help him feel good. Same, same sort of thing as when I was on the icebreaker or when we went to Japan. I just wanted to get smiles out of people. Japan, by the way, is a very difficult place to get smiles out of people for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but, but that, and, and that's my favorite part of daily life. It's to talk to Michelle and to get a giggle out of, out of you and to see somebody on while I'm walking my dog and to stop and have a little conversation. I love all of this stuff. So to fully realize what my ikigai is to delight, uh, that has allowed me to have a real true north to uh, wake up to every day and go, I know what my work is today. And it's just to delight. It's as simple as that. So that's what my, the, the gift of my gap year uh, helped me do is to explore and zero in and to ponder what my ikigai uh, is. And now I've come to a full understanding of what makes me tick. I love the so many things about your story really resonate with me and, and will resonate with the listeners as well. And I think there's some really big lessons to pull out of, out of the way that you described your year. Um, the first thing that really stood out to me is, is this idea of scratching every itch. Um, because there are so many things in life that we, we, we think, what if, or mm -hmm. wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be cool if, or if I only had more time, I would. And, mm -hmm. and all of those kind of, like three dots at the end of those sentences could be complete sentences if you take the time on your gap year to explore some of those things because you don't know what is going to be that home run. So you've got to right. see everything as a lob ball and just get ready to tee up and, and hit it out of the park. So I, I like that analogy. And, and I think it's something that uh, that people will will connect with this idea of scratching every itch. Yeah, exploration and scratching those itches are are really important because number one, it gets it either off your plate or says that you want another serving. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and, and because it, you can literally say, you know what, I've always been interested in dentistry. So, you know, you dig into dentistry and you're and, and you, you know, kind of get in deep enough to realize what it's all about. You might kind of go, I'm still interested in it, but it's not really for me. 
Unfortunately, yeah. what I've what we see happening in society, especially in our North American society, especially, is that so many young people will go and they will make a choice on a university uh, to go to and a, a field of study based on a guess. Mm-hmm. And that is a very, very expensive way of going, uh, of, of, of taking guesses. Extraordinarily expensive, in fact, you know? I mean, what are the statistics uh, of the amount of people that actually work within their field of study uh, after university? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty small, surprisingly small. Surprisingly small. I, I think uh, I read something like, was it like 28% or something along those lines? Uh, don't quote me on that, but that, but that number comes to mind. It's uh, scary. It's extraordinarily expensive. Where, uh, in a gap year, you can literally go and grow your uh, your heart and your head and your experiences in ways that will shape you for the rest of your life. And everything is a guess, but you're doing it uh, in ways that number one, it's a little bit more inexpensive. Number two, you can work lots of the times when you're on gap years. And number three, you're doing it at a time of life where it's really going to shape your entire life as opposed to later on in life where it might shape a small portion of your life. Well, and I, and I think that's a really important message that, that young people need to see because there's so much pressure to just do what your peers are doing and to, to take a year off quote unquote, when you are 17 or 18, a year seems like a really, really long time to, to, be, to be going to do something different because it, it, in, in the grand scheme of your 17 years of existence, that's a big mm-hmm. chunk of it. Um, but when you're, when you're like a big old grown up like us who have, mm-hmm. have been around for a lot longer, that year changes to something much, much smaller. And with all that life experience, seeing the value of placing that gap year earlier in life and then living a more fulfilling existence because you found your ikigai and you can work towards that for a longer period of your life, I think is a really powerful message. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are some people out there that are listening right now that are, uh, that are, you know, young listeners that might be thinking to themselves, you know what, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to make that commitment number one, or, or to, a, to a gap year. That's, that's challenging. You know, I remember when I was 17 or 18 or 19 or 20 years old, I didn't feel like I was ready to take a gap year. Uh, whereas my wife, on the other hand, who I didn't know at the time, she was out living in Australia for two years, you know? And uh, the, I guess the question is, whenever you're ready, that's the time to take your gap year. I, I agree 100%. Whenever you're ready to t- tackle the idea of a gap year or whenever you realize that you're not ready for what other people are telling you should be ready for, um, mm-hmm. the, the, it, it can go both ways. And, and when you're, when you're going to commit, if you jump in with both feet and, and you put your, your heart and your, your time and your energy into it, it can, it can be life-changing. It can. And, you know, one of the, one, a wise man told me once that he has eliminated the words should and shouldn't from his vocabulary because they imply that, that uh, the speaker knows better than the person that is actually uh, uh, going through the experience. So 
you know, we, we, we do have a tendency of, of others' expectations and, you know, what, what it is how it is that we're supposed to take on life. But, you know, they're not in your shoes. So do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, don't, don't, uh, my, my saying is I, I stop shooting on people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, but if, if you're ready for that type of an experience, embrace it and just hold on to it for as long as possible because that is going to open up so many more opportunities for health and well-being and happiness in your years to come. Trust me. Yeah, lived experience. You know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I think it's important for parents to hear that as well because when you ask any parent what do they want for their kid, they always say, I want them to be happy and healthy and successful. And Mm -hmm. then somehow that disappears when (laughs) we're asking them to support their kids in in Mm -hmm. their post-secondary journeys. They're saying, no, 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 they must go off to med school. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and sometimes at the expense of their their health and their happiness and in, in the long run and their in their success if they're not happy and healthy they can't be successful Um, yeah i think there's a little bit of tiger parent in all of us um are you familiar with that uh, phrase the tiger parent no so uh there's uh there's an entire uh understanding of uh parenthood especially in the asian communities called tiger parenting where where it's uh, a high expectations especially from parents on what their children will be uh, instead of the children just guessing or choosing what their own journey is going to be. So there's a heavy, heavy uh, expectation of uh, falling into being a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer. Uh, And uh, uh, tiger parenting is uh, heavy expectations that if you don't uh, do what I am telling you to do, then you're disappointing your family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've had conversations with uh, with adults who have been tiger parented and their happiness level and well-being level is really compromised. And uh, what they're choosing to do is just kind of step away and kind of go, okay, well, I have to find out more about uh, who I am. And the one question that I ask them is, at what age do you become an adult? At what age do you become capable of making your own decision and at what age do you become capable of saying to your parents you can't tell me what to do because this is my life Hmm. that's hard it's very hard it's very hard especially when we have so much respect for our parents and and as kids we don't want to disappoint them they that's just that's just how we show our love and our respect for our parents and and they want what's best for us and we know that um but at the same time it time it is our life and and i often talk about gap years as an opportunity to to get into the driver's seat of your own life mm-hmm. and and i think that's a really powerful metaphor or imagery as well because for so long you you were in the back seat of of your own life because you didn't have the skills to be able to to be in that driver's seat and then mm-hmm. you get your learner's permit and you need somebody there alongside of you but at some point you you earn that full driver's license and and you get to decide where you go in what direction how fast and when and i think that we sometimes forget that step uh, as parents and as young people that that it is mm-hmm. an active step of moving fr- into the driver's seat yeah uh, you know i have i have 
uh, two children myself, and I know what it's like to be at the position where, you know, you want them to be healthy and happy. Uh, I especially want my kids to be healthy and happy, but I've always had the understanding that that uh, in raising uh, my children, I really had only three jobs to teach them. I had to teach them how to be smart, be funny, and be kind. That's it. And the most important one in that, Michelle, is to be smart. And to realize that life is going to try to teach you lessons that you need to learn. And if you don't learn those lessons, then you have to take the class all over again. And, and keep on taking the same lessons and lessons over and over and over again. Uh, and, uh, you know, in terms of a gap year, those are lessons that you're going to learn and they're going to be with you for an entire lifetime. In order to do that, you have to separate yourself from the apron strings and to become your own person. What a powerful message and a powerful thought. And I hope the listeners are, are letting that settle in, that, that these life lessons are, are going to be with you for a long time. And, and they're lessons that aren't going to be taught from a textbook. They're, mm-hmm. they're lessons that, that only life and experience can teach you. And that's why we look at our elders as folks who are wise, because they've seen so much, they've experienced so much. And the more we, that we try and compartmentalize education, and the more that we try to put everything in little boxes and make it tidy and, and give you the three-step plan, mm-hmm. um, the, the less we expose ourselves to these different experiences and these opportunities for, for growing as a well-rounded human being. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, this is our journey. I've always, I've always believed this, that you know, whenever I've seen my kid, I go, yeah, those are my kids, but that is their, those are their lives. So if you, if you were to give some advice to young people who are uh, embarking on their gap year or thinking of planning their gap year, how can they start to discover what their ikigai is? Is there anything, any recommendations or tools or steps, ideas that you have for them that might be helpful? Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I think the, the first place to go is, is that, you know, chances are that if you're going on a gap year, you have the, uh, the means to have a little bit of a safety net as far as money is concerned. Uh, and that's the, that's the dream scenario. So if that's the case, then don't go to a, uh, I would recommend to go to a place and not choose a job that, that is, uh, that is going to pay the most money. Instead, go choose to do something that is just fascinating to you. And that could be anything. If you think to yourself, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm going to go and work on a banana plantation, but spiders fascinate me. That sounds amazing. So there's a great opportunity for you to go and check out spiders by working on the, on the banana plantation. Or, you know, if you're working at a, at a, at a pub or if you're at a, or at a restaurant, uh, you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it to make friends and to build a community around you so that you can go and to be a part of that community that you're in. Uh, Basically do something that is just fascinating to you as opposed to something that's gonna pay you the most. So often, Michelle, we base our decisions on what our income is gonna be as opposed to what our outcome is gonna be. And that in itself is a powerful lesson to learn on your gap year. Figure out what the outcome is. Don't worry about the income. 
I can't agree more. And people talk often talk about the cost of a gap year. Um, and, and there are tons of opportunities to earn money, but at some point to, to really fully benefit, there are opportunities to pay into experiences, whether that be travel solo or uh, traveling with different groups or organizations. And the, the financial piece is there. And, and parents always say, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And it really is an investment it, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it when it comes down to the dollars and cents there will be some dollars going out the door but the return on that investment is unbelievable in the same way when you refocus things like your your job or your career away from what what are the dollars coming in the door to what is this actually going to do for me and 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 what am i going to be able to give back to the world how am i using my gifts and talents to to make this world a better place and to leave my leave my mark in some way i think mm-hmm. it's it's really powerful to to not only acknowledge the finance side of things but also to put it in perspective with the other um, intangible things that don't come with decimal points and and dollars signs hey, sure and the, and every every person that's going on a gap year they're not going out there doing it as like they're a las vegas baller right they're going out there to do it for the experiences so there that that is the measuring stick uh, and uh, if there is one question you can ask yourself at the end of a gap year or actually you know what michelle this is a question you could ask yourself right now and it's going to give you some really powerful uh, insight into where you're at in your life. This question is, what did I accomplish in the last year? I asked that to my, my kid when he was, when he was uh, 19 years old, and it was his first year out of high school, and he had been like a full year. And I just said, uh, I, said uh, I asked him literally, he came downstairs one day, and I said, just a question that popped into my brain, Jack, what did you accomplish in your last year? And he looked at me and he went, nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I said, that's not a judgment, but that's just something that's an important question to ask yourself on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And not just at, at, at New Year's resolution time where you're doing your reflecting on the, on the previous year. Uh, because if, if, the, if you ask yourself that question, the answer is nothing or feels like nothing. Number one, dig a little deeper. Spend mm-hmm. some time to actually think about it because the answer probably is something. But if you're still not satisfied with what you, you have accomplished, there's still time to readjust your course and to find other ways to, um, to, to put something on that list of things that you've learned or things that you've accomplished or things that you're proud of um, that, that you should be able to, to be able to speak to in a very positive way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you've got uh, a lot of knowledge about Ikigai and about f- following uh, your, the, the re- your raison d'etre, your, your reason for being. Um, mm-hmm. So it, how do you share all this information? Where can people find more information uh, about you and about Ikigai? Well, luckily, I've written a book called huh. How to Ikigai. Uh, how to Wiki guys? It's available around the world on uh, on Amazon and bookstores and all that kind of stuff. I've just learned, in fact, that uh, that it's being translated into into six languages. So uh, throughout Southeast Asia, I think it's going to be in Filipino and Thai, and I, and there's one more. But I, I just learned as well that that it's been picked up in India and it's going to be. Uh, 
uh, translated into six, uh, three languages in India as well. So I'm really excited about that. So that's available uh, uh, on Amazon, but also uh, as an ebook as well through Audible. So I'm excited about that. Amazing. And, and what a great read while you're on your gap year um, mm-hmm. to be able to tap into uh, all of your knowledge, all of your learnings in a really accessible way um, to, to be able to, to read up, read up on it as you're living it. So you, you can, you can make, put things into action right away. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So I'm really excited for all of this information you've shared with us, and it's been a lot. So maybe can you you sum up Ikigai and and what yeah. we've been talking about for the the last little bit, uh, as just as a, a nice recap as we wrap this up. You know, right from the beginning of our childhood, you know, we read these Dr. Seuss books that say, "Today you are you." What's truer than true? There's no one else on earth that is youer than you. So. Focus on you. Uh, You know, this is ultimately uh, your life. And uh, no matter what anybody says, parents included, it's your life. And you get to make decisions based on what your uh, capability of of, uh, addressing your fears is really all about. Life is short, but it is wide. And uh, when you walk out the door, uh, don't just look forward and go, okay, how can I make a living today? look always and go, how can I live? (laughs) Look 360 degrees and there's going to be so many more options out there. Remember, Ikigai boils down to four directions on a map. It's do what you love, do what you're good at, do what the world needs and do what you can be rewarded for. When you approach life in that manner, you realize that your life can benefit others. Your choices can benefit others. There is a reward cycle that comes out of you being yourself. So when you, uh, you know, narrow down what your ikigai is, you'll have a much, much stronger understanding of uh, getting out of bed every morning and going, that's the direction that I always take because that is mostly me. Well, Tim, thank you so much for delighting all of us today. Uh, your ikigai is coming through so strongly today. Um, <laughs> it has it has made me laugh. It made me think. And I have been delighted. And I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thank you so much for joining us on the Gap Year podcast today. It's been a treat. Everybody, take a gap year. Wasn't that a delight? I'm so glad that Tim shared his story of Ikigai. And it's amazing how much this idea of finding a sense of purpose aligns with the ability to take a gap year, to slow down and take the time to figure out who you are and figure out what your life purpose is all about. Now, at the time of recording, we're all in the midst of the COVID-19 quarantine or self-isolation, and a lot of young people are feeling disempowered. They're feeling powerless, and they feel a looming sense of doom. So in order to tackle this, we are launching a an Instagram challenge where we are inviting different experts to come onto our Instagram and provide some tangible activities that you can get involved in to find a little bit more purpose in your life. And so we hope you join us on Instagram in the coming days. We're going to be starting on April 5th. And if you are joining us a little bit late, all of those will be stored in our highlights. So make sure you check that out on Instagram. If you're not following us already, it's at can gap association looking forward to seeing you on there and until next time keep on adventuring